0: Hello and welcome to the Mission Driven Podcast where we have insightful, notable conversations with industry leaders around the world. Today I have Michelle Matthews, Dr. David Kunick, and Dr. Craig Craig Levin. Um, All are passionate about CBD industry in different ways. Michelle Matthews is a trained chef and had been in the industry for over 30 years. She specializes in CBD and hemp-infused meals. She produced the first ever infused course in the history of the James Beard House in New York City for chef Adrian Cruz's dinner. She's currently at the beginning stages of offering infused private chef and meal prep services in Ohio, as well as consulting services for edible and infused menus nationwide. Dr. Craig has a doctorate in pharmacology and botany, which brings the ideal combination of modern medicine and plant chemistry together. For over 20 years, he's been studying the benefits of cannabis on the human body, from anecdotal evidence to clinical research. He's also the owner of Lincoln City Collective, a cannabis dispensary in Oregon, and is the owner of Flower Power Coffee Company based in New York. Dr. David, a man that needs no introduction, is the CEO and co-founder of UCS Advisors and Investor Relations. Dr. David, as most people know him, has raised capital, expanded several companies, and has employed over 300 people. He's in the medical field for over 18 years and has been in the cannabis industry for over 10 years. Some people call him the triple-headed dragon due to his diversity and experience. Um, So I'll just jump right in. Thank you all for, being on this podcast, I know you all come from around the country and and your expertise is wide and varied. Um, So how has the pandemic affected the industry and is it an essential business? Was it before the pandemic in the lockdowns during, and especially now kind of that it's after the pandemic?
1: I think in terms of uh, investor relations and looking at uh, people looking to invest in the cannabis, hemp and CBD sector, it's been huge uh, in terms, in a positive effect, because for the first time in over 80 years, over 30 states have deemed cannabis and CBD an essential business. Um, and to see cannabis and hemp and CBD deemed essential like the 7-Elevens, uh, like big tobacco, like alcohol, it, it's really kind of um, shown the way to a lot of people saying, okay, business is going up, it's not going away anywhere, And It's really showing uh, people who were kind of on the fence about it, showing the benefits of having that type of industry and sector producing tax revenue for for the states.
2: That's Great. Nice. I know from my um, personal experience, you know, everybody's at home and they're experimenting. So we're seeing a lot of um, different experimentation and a lot of um, different ideas coming out of all these, you know, these chefs were all laid off while the restaurant industry has been decimated. So we're seeing people starting their own businesses and really getting into infusing and looking at, you know, um, their quote unquote side hustle becoming their main now. So I think you're gonna see a lot more innovation going forward and I think that's gonna help the push for legalization. Right. You know, you're gonna have more people involved.
0: Absolutely. And so. Dr. Craig, being that you have a botany background, what what is your take on CBD? for either ptsd which i i feel like a lot of people are going to deal with if not already dealing with um, as well as the other health benefits of it
3: Uh, i have noticed that um, people that were taking um, antidepressants and some other medicine for moods or even pain anti-inflammatories with the pandemic and then having uh, more time to themselves and to look inside they've went and experimented with you know, CBD options and, and to utilize natural, natural medicines while they can. And they were at, at a safe home uh, place or not traveling as much in case they did have any side effects, which are usually very minimal with CBD uh, in general. So I've seen a lot more people um, experiment and, and utilize CBD and actually uh, start to decrease the amount of other uh, medications they were on for the anxiety and their and the inflammation they were experiencing. Um, and the retail sector, I've noticed that um, uh, with my dispensary, the state level has opened up um, avenues to make it easier for the patient or client or to to get their cannabis. They opened up a uh, curbside delivery. 150 feet of our our establishment, which used to be illegal, it had to be put through the uh, the metric system, which is a a seed to sale tracking system, and it was pretty tedious to just you, know, you had to use a, a Google Map. You had to implement, uh, you had to input the map, and you had to do the route what the driver was carrying who the driver was this way it's they made it easier for the the customer to do a contactless um pickup which is great they can order online or by the phone uh they've also they're trying to implement uh um cash paying options for us because that's our only option right now is to pay government municipalities like the oregon state uh in cash so those are still being worked on i mean that's a federal federal issue more so than the state but that's one issue hopefully that um, I think the pandemic will also help uh, you modifying for the better uh, in change. I I definitely see uh, cannabis use as a whole going up, um, the amount of edibles uh, being consumed, uh, CBD uh, in the in the non-medical and um, recreational states, has definitely increased the um, the questions and people asking uh, information about about CBD is definitely increasing. And also, uh, I've noticed in my retail sector, the the edibles and the, um, the consumables have increased more so than the flour, which has also tailed off a little with the vaping since the big. Um, the the, the big scare with the whole vaping industry, but that was more so on the untested products, which if you're getting it from a a medical dispensary or a recreational dispensary, uh, you know, they they have to be tested. If they aren't, then the the dispensary should be, um, they should be, you should notify the local authorities about that. But, you know, the the vaping is is definitely, um, I also noticed this on the the cartridge-wise and the concentrates has increased because people were consuming so much flour at home all the time, does put a stress in your lungs. So I noticed that also has increased. Okay.
1: And, and Monica, circling back to what you said, if, like something that Dr. Craig said and Chef Michelle said, people are experimenting now. And something that the pandemic has done of people being forced to stay home, they're doing a lot more research. Mm-hmm. So whether it's looking to invest in a cannabis or CBD company, whether it's looking to sit here and to use CBD for a medical condition, or if, you wanted, if you're want if you a cook or a chef, you want to experiment, people are having the time to actually sit down, read articles, actually do some recon work, and, and literally experiment. And that's something that we're hearing a lot more on, on every aspect in this sector, that people have the time to actually do the recon work now.
0: Absolutely. And I, I know I'm guilty of watching a lot of documentaries about different things that maybe I didn't have the time for before. Um, understanding the industry, Dr. Craig, I think you were saying from seed to sale, Um, you know, understanding what that process looks like and really how hard it is for the regulation for the industry um, to kind of survive and thrive. So it's all very interesting on on a research aspect for sure. Um, So great point, Dr. David. Thank you.
3: You Yeah. As Dr. David was mentioning also with that extra time at home, people aren't out and doing their everyday usual activities. So when they are taking these products, they're actually able to take a step back and see if they're actually working on them and, and notice the little nuances that might just occur slowly over time compared to, you know, doing your everyday hustle and bustle, getting to work, getting the kids to school, uh, going shopping, always being out and not realizing the little, little increments that they actually help on. Cause it's not, most of the time, it's not an overnight thing. It takes, you know, a few weeks to a month, but slowly, it's a slow progression. So people are now able to, to uh, digest what's going on with their, their own body and, and, and you know, and, and take a, uh, and take a look and, and see how it is really affecting them.
0: Yeah, you get to know yourself inside and out. You know, yeah. whether you like it or not is a different thing, but you get to know yourself a little better. Great.
2: Very um, good point.
0: So, you know, Dr. David and Dr. Craig, you alluded to um, regulations and, and how the industry is going and all the research that we can do. So, I know this is a super hot topic. How important are the upcoming elections on both a local and federal level for investments for food, for instance, edibles, um, and just overall medicinal
3: purposes?
1: Uh, Dr. Craig, you want to go first on this one because I know I mean, you and I have two different probably opinions on this.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, if, when you look at the the big picture, both of the the main candidates, not taking either side, really aren't for uh, cannabis legalization. Um, uh, the there are they have seen the benefits of it, but um, I think it's really to get in your your local level. Uh, voting is going to be the 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 best option for people. Get out and vote, no matter if you're a Democrat or Republican, a uh, neutral party. Get out and vote. Get your opinion out there. And let let if it's not only just to, to to let everyone else see what the 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 vibe is through the country, um, because it, it is very important. Um, we're at a point now where people are are so far apart on so many things that we think of, but we're really not. Uh, you know, we're really still going through everything. We're all here together, so getting that done together is the most important thing. Um, I, I mean, I, I was, I, at first I thought, you know, Joe Biden might've been the better candidate for the cannabis sector until he had Kamala Harris who was completely against it. So I'm not quite sure where that will go in the future. I know that, um, uh, president Trump has, um, has, uh, some people telling him that, you know, it is a good thing, but his, he's still, you know, steadfast of wanting to stay at a state level, um, which is definitely hampering all of, you know, the the industry itself, especially with 280E and, you know, with, with the tax dollars being given to the government that should be able to be written off like a normal business, especially since we are, as we stated earlier, an essential business. If we're an essential business, those employees are essential. So uh, the, the lighting is essential. The electric is essential. My water, my sanitation, which none can be written off like a normal business. So those should all be, considered essential and I should have some types of, of tax write-off to to offset that but there still aren't and I think that's the biggest thing and um, well, also with, banking well,
1: too I mean banking is yeah. a big part of that too and and also like it really goes down to when it comes to the upcoming election like I, I first and foremost I, I'm a medical professional this plain simple in the ideal world I'd rather have all 50 states have medical cannabis than legalization. Like if you're gonna use it as medicine, treat it as medicine, and let's get access to all 50 states for medicine. But we don't live in that that real world. Also too, there's a lot of uh, racism. There's a lot of, uh, in cannabis, uh, you have a lot of people who have previous charges, which they, has affected them dramatically. So it's very much a, a political side, an incarceration side of things. Um, but if we look at back at 2016, a lot of us in the cannabis sector, even when Trump was elected and with Jeff Sessions, a lot of us kind of joked around because we knew it was still here to stay. It wasn't going away. Right. So you saw a lot of stocks crash. And that was a great time to buy because it was going to go right back up. Right. Um, so like for this election, it's a little more like, hey, it's cannabis. It's not going away. It's in over 33 states. Um, you know, it's at the end of the day. Also, two, the one thing whether you're for or against our current president, he's always said, let the states handle the states. He's all about the state economy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, during this pandemic, he has quoted numerous times saying, well, if the states had their budgets in order, you know, we would have been a little bit better off financially. So now you're looking at the tax revenue. If we use the state of New Jersey, Governor Murphy's using literally the pandemic big time to talk about, hey, if we legalize cannabis, that's really going to help our tax revenue dramatically. Right. So, um, this upcoming election, yes, it's important. Yes. You have some very key States where if they were to pass legalization or even pass more medical uses, it's going to help open up because you still have like the Bible beltway, which is very anti, but, um, as, as we tell our investors, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's still here to stay. You're not going to see this huge retraction. Um, as you also tell people too, this is a great time to start loading up on cash. If you want to invest in the stock market or if you want to invest in private deals, because there's gonna be a lot of great deals come the fourth quarter after this election. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, um, the you know, dust A little bit. Yeah,
2: a little bit. Well, for me, I think legalization, even if it's just medical, um, personally, my industry, my sector has seen... I believe the numbers are between 30 and 40 percent increase in overdoses and suicides. Um, you know, the the hospitality industry is kind of um, a noted area for people with substance abuse. It's readily available. The alcohol is readily available, but when the cannabis is not readily available, they're going to turn to something to get through the stress of this pandemic. I mean, how many restaurants were decimated and unemployed? Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, shut down permanently. So it, I think that's a, a sector that we definitely need to like gear some, you know, we need to listen because that's a pretty significant part of, of the voting population works in an industry that's almost non-existent anymore.
0: Right.
2: And um, like I said, I've seen so many people, suicide, overdose, alcoholism, um, it's, it's definitely needed and, and something I hope that they get out and they speak their piece on and they and recognize.
1: It, it, something that Chef Michelle brings up too, if, you, if we want to go to the next level, is that we will say, oh, uh, cannabis is a gateway drug. Okay, technically alcohol is a drug. Did you give yes. your kid a first sip of beer or his first joint? You gave the kid a sip of alcohol first. All right? right. And if you look at the increase on who's using it more, it's actually the baby boomers. And you're seeing more and more baby boomers saying, baby boomers saying, I don't want to use, take these five or six different medications. And I'm sure Dr. Craig can talk more about this part. They're saying, Hey, I'm looking for something else. You know, I'm looking for an alternative. So we really see who's also using that product. And then you take it to the next level. And if you view cannabis kind of like penicillin Uh, back in 2015, 16, I was quoted in USA today saying how cannabis is Monday penicillin. Well, Penicillin's everywhere. We can use it everywhere, right. but for those people that are using cannabis or alternate form, if they don't have that access. Right. Then, what are they That's turn it right. to, they're turning to other stuff, and that goes back to what Chef Michelle was saying. Her point as well, too. It's readily cool. available. I mean, yeah. tobacco,
2: alcohol, all of that, you can buy anywhere. You're actually encouraged. If I, um, I just watched how you know drinking Zoom parties, and hey, how are you getting through this pandemic? And it's wine o'clock, and. I don't I don't think that's very healthy um, at all and and there's definitely that huge stigma you know prohibition and um, big pharma did a really good job of um, demonizing cannabis use and it's still we have a responsibility as medical professionals and food professionals to set a standard that we're not a bunch of shaggy and scoobies sitting around getting high (laughs) all the time um but you know but i think that that you know responsible dosing and um responsible education and um and making it accessible but again responsibly right i think that's all stuff that needs to be put on the table
3: yeah Yeah, i mean when you look at numbers just basic pure numbers and you look at the states that have Uh, opioid problems compared to states that actually have them medically or recreationally and you look at the time that they were put medical or recreational the amount of opioid deaths per year there's only been a decrease if you just look at numbers which is just numbers not asking anything the numbers aren't lying opioid opioid use has been increasing so if those states have been decreasing in deaths there has to be some correlation because around the country especially this time um, there has been a an increase in, in opioid usage, and no one's really talking about it. That's a it's been a silent killer throughout of COVID, especially yes. with uh, COVID symptoms and and the respiratory depression that opiates cause. Um, it's not a great combination at all. So. At all.
0: If I can just chime in on that, I feel like I've seen so many documentaries and news stories, articles about the opioid uh, epidemic, and everybody knows how big of a deal it is. You know. There are towns in the country where it's 300 pills per person per day, like the equivalent of that being prescribed, which is ridiculous, Um, but nothing seems to be done about that. And all the attention seems to be on this industry for CBD, hemp, all of that. And it just doesn't make sense to me because one seems to be naturally grown, the other is heavily lobbied and it's just understanding um, where the money goes.
2: You answered yeah,
3: your own yeah, question. Yeah, I just got a, um, I got an email that uh, IV uh, Oxycontin was just uh, approved by the FDA yesterday. Uh, I was like, oh, great. So that's just, that was, I mean, the only thing I could have said to that was great. I mean, that's just, it's basically pure purified heroin, I'm guessing, you know, that's what they're, it's, and uh, it's, 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 it's a little upsetting. I mean, we, we, we can go other ways. The government tried to do things back in uh. March of 14, where they made uh, uh, control, uh, schedule three um, uh, opiates, um, non-refillable, which they thought was going to be a good things. So you had someone who had a, a Tylenol 3, let's say, or a hydrocodone, and they got one script and they got five refills. So they were okay for six months. They didn't have to go back to the doctor. So once they changed that, which they thought was for the better, they had got one script and they had to go back to the doctor in a month. The only thing that did was make the patient ask for a stronger medication so they technically would think it would last longer. And we know that doesn't happen. They just started using more and more medicine and became stronger and stronger and and got got into a vicious cycle of of going to the doctor and, and going to the pharmacy. And then when they couldn't see the doctor, they're using too many pills, they go to street drugs. And that's another big issue. We've seen the the rise in hepatitis and HIV also ha- happened because of that. If you look at the clusters from 2014 to now, you'll see that, especially in those towns that were decimated with the opioid industry, uh, that were had people completely addicted, even more so went to the harder medicines. So those are also numbers that can't be denied. Um, but it's we, we can't we, we we can't we can't uh, put stuff in front of him. We can only do what we do. Right. So
2: Well, and I think a big part of that, sorry about that. Um, I think a big part of that also is they're regulating the cannabis industry so heavily where it's legal and they're taxing it so much that sometimes in states where it is legal, it's financially out of reach of the people that really need to have it, especially when they're unemployed. And so alcohol is cheap street drugs are actually not as expensive as dispensary cannabis can be in some places and right. yep. over
1: five hundred dollars of taxes for an ounce
3: yes, yes i work in a dispensary in new york and it's um for their high quality cannabis it's about seventy dollars an eighth. yeah and I it's, mean, it's, it's, it, it's tested it's it is pretty right. um but um it's for uh it's listeners too expensive. that
0: don't know what that looks like what is the street value if it's Illegal.
1: That's $560, right? what, what Craig is saying in New York, with yeah. taxes. And you could probably, uh, depending where you're at, get it for about 200 bucks an ounce.
3: Okay. Yeah. Two to so literally, You're literally on getting quality, it for 60,
1: yeah. 60% cheaper. And then, and then here comes the other thing is, too, and I'm, I'm happy uh, Dr. Craig brought this up. And this goes back to what like Chef Michelle and cooking with CBD and cannabis is, you need to know what you're putting in your body. Right. Right. Okay? And we talk about these high school parties that do the pill party, like, hey, take a bunch of pills, pop them in a jar and take what you want. Like yeah. one, one thing, with, like especially um, like as a physical therapist teaching patients how to use cannabis properly. like, oh, well, I get something off the street and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I go, no shit, because you don't know what you're putting in your body. Right. Like that's like me saying, hey, I need an anti-inflammatory. Okay, I'm just going to take a random pill from like the medicine cabinet no you need to know what you're putting in your body like if we look at the country of israel israel has been studying the cannabis plant for a very long time mm-hmm. and their research really shows like what strains and and uh the proper cbd and thc ratios what really works best for different medical conditions and that also goes back to like if chef michelle's cooking with it like great what kind uh what kind of infusion technique are you going to to do you know if you're using something that's tainted that's like her taking a a, a tomato and uh, I, I used to be in the testing lab sector. I used to own several testing labs in cannabis. And one of my favorite stories ever was, we found mold on, on cannabis, on a flower. We failed, uh, we, we failed um, uh, the, the grower. And the grower was like, why, it's not that bad. And the head scientist literally said this, and to this day, it sticks with me. He goes, it's like taking an orange from a restaurant. Our bag of oranges, throwing it in the dumpster for two weeks. Coming back two weeks later and using that same orange to cook with it full of mold and crap and everything. That's what you're putting in your body. So you're doing more harm than good. On
2: that note also, I mean, while experimenting at home and you know, there's, you know, people are growing and getting trim and hitting up their local guy and they're extracting it with different techniques, you know, um, you have no idea what the strength of it is. None.
3: Not even. Even more so than the strength. If you want to look past that, if you're going from your local grower or a friend, you're just getting leaves. You don't know the chemicals they use to grow it. They could right. be using heavy metals. You don't know this, the chemicals right. that were in the soil, besides even whatever they utilized, That soil could have been poisonous to you. So, I mean, especially with, just, with cannabis being a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a soil remediator. It actually, it, it nourishes, it takes out this, the bad stuff from the soil and the okay. good stuff's allowed to be there. So it, 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 it's actually a great crop to, to work on the soil, to actually get nutrients back into that soil, get all those heavy metals and plumes out of the soil. Um, okay. They're using it in Chernobyl right now. They're using vast amounts of hemp to, to uh, bring back that soil that they can use it instead of 200 centuries, maybe sometime next century. So right. it's, um, you know, it's being utilized. So that also needs to be known that that the cannabis that you're getting or the product you're getting really should be tested just because you don't know what's in it. You don't know about the heavy metals, the pesticides, besides what can grow on grow crops, it or grow in it.
0: That's all crops, yes. right? Yes, 100%. There's a lot of arsenic in the ground. well,
3: E. coli we hear of all the yeah, time.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, these and for
2: me, bodies. I won't infuse with raw flour. I won't do it anymore i will use dissolute i'll use um terpenes but i will not just so that i can control the dosage and be responsible
3: what is
0: a dissolate for those that
3: right? don't? <laughs> oh it's a it's the complete extraction of of the the thc out of the plant so they, they okay. take the plant they usually they freeze dry it and then they uh, under <laughs> high pressure and and depending on what type of fluid they're using, uh, ethanol, butane, CO2, they extract out just a particular ca- cannabis or the cannabinoids that they want, and that right. because, that's called a distillate. So it's right. just uh, pure THC. So you can get a uh, an actual milligram dosing. It's more of an intense high usually out of a distillate because it's one chemical. Um, uh, so you're going to get a, an intense. Uh, short acting that maybe not be two to four hours it might be one to two hours of a high depending so on it's your for, tolerance
0: for purposes
3: exactly way. it's it's it's,
2: precise. it's and, yeah, precise and again
3: yeah and it's especially when multiple right. dishes are being utilized that's so exactly it
2: because you don't i mean if you're stretching out a dinner over the course of two hours two and a half hours you don't I mean that's going to stretch your high out and also you know there's the balance of not too much sugar and if you use salt and fat you'll extend your high and you can boost your uptake using certain terpenes in certain spices actually so i mean there's a science to it a little bit of chemistry that's like the fun edible kind but um but responsible so it's all about what you start with
0: absolutely but yes my next question is uh dr david and dr craig have you ever had a cannabis
3: infused meal what was the experience like um i actually had a cbd infused meal uh, out in new jersey with uh, chef michelle who she prepared it was very nice we had a group of um we had council members there we had state representatives we had people heads of industry uh former um, nfl nfl football players and their wives who was a lawyer uh was there so we had uh, a very diverse group of people and uh you noticed towards the middle of dinner everyone was was conversating their mood they were all relaxed and and it you just you just i took a step back and listened because i i noticed it and i was feeling it that you know you, you felt the the relaxation and the and the camaraderie in the room from the meal because it wasn't there before they started eating and they were people were put at different tables and they didn't know each other and and it was it was really nice i had a, i had a very pleasant experience and that was just cbd so right. it was very very interesting okay
1: um, I've done CBD and THC, and I think uh, Chef Michelle with the nail on the head. It's uh, about knowing what you're doing and being able to dose properly. Um, I remember I've been in the cannabis sector since 2009. I remember going to an event back in like 2012, 2013, and the the person wasn't a, a, wasn't a professional chef. It was kind of doing it. Um, like not really the proper way. And some people were just, for lack of a term, um, too high, kind of just they didn't know their own tolerance. The cook uh, slash chef didn't know how much they were infusing in the product as well too, and doing it evenly. Um, In terms of CBD dinners and events, I've I've done numerous and they're absolutely great. Craig, uh, Dr. Craig puts it best. It's kind of nice to take a step back and sit here and and to see uh, how people are, are reacting. And what's really cool is I've actually been to a couple CBD dinners where no alcohol served at all. You know, it's really interesting, and um, when you go to a cannabis event, how little alcohol served. Okay. And, and the one thing, and, and, uh, and this is a true story, with Dr. Craig, we, were, uh, at, we went out to a dinner with a mutual colleague of ours, and I'm, I'm 6'3", 250, I, I can handle a couple of drinks. And, um, I had my third beer and the person I was with was like, man, I'm on my second beer. I can't keep up with you. Like, are you okay? Like you're drinking a lot. I'm like, what? It's three beers in two hours. It's not that big of a deal. But when you go to a lot of campus events, alcohol is not served at all. It's all, yeah. like uh, it's all like, uh, 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 cranberry juice, orange juice, uh, yeah. water, Um Na-
3: natural alcohol. beverages. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A, lot, a lot of people in, in the cannabis sector, like you were stating earlier, like to know what they're putting in their body. Yep. And a right. lot of people are offset with the alcohol. Uh, they don't like the, 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 the hangover effect. They don't like the headaches. So that's why cannabis is a great option. Um,
1: right.
3: Also with even caffeine. Uh, yep. I have a uh C B D infused coffee company and we've noticed a lot of people like the decaf because they don't like the caffeine associated with uh with the caffeine feeling even though there's a great symbiotic relationship between the C B D and, and the caffeine. You, you it takes I off love. the jitters, takes off the jitters, it increases your focus. It's a really nice, nice combination. And it looks I've also THC noticed
1: dehydrates that. you also, which yeah. a lot of people forget. Right.
2: Right. Well, and, and my thing is, is that, um, you know, so many people use CBD and cannabis to stay sober from alcohol because, you know, um, again, it's such a prevalent and such a, and an almost an encouraged thing. And so right. I know a lot of people, they're like, yeah, I'm in sobriety and I owe it all to cannabis.
3: Yeah. Yep. So That's a great thing to hear. Chef
0: Michelle, yeah. you know, being that dosing is so important in infused meals, how did you get it right?
2: Um, I have really good friends. He's sitting down at the end of this panel. (laughs) My scientist friends help me a lot. I'll be like, yo, doc, I need some help. Um, You know, but it's also a simple matter of math and understanding, you know, um, culinary math. I'm I'm by far and away no um, algebraic genius or geometry, but I can do the heck out of some culinary math. And um, you just have to treat it like you would any other ingredient. Right. Um, you know, I currently work in the healthcare sector where nutritionals and I mean dosing things even so much as salt and fat and sugar are critical. So I just treat it like it's another critical ingredient. Okay. And um, you know, but when I know when I want to know about strains, when I want to produce a certain effect, I, I I call the good doctor down there, either of them. And um I have some great friends. Okay. I'm very blessed.
0: Always good to have great friends. It is. Awesome. So, um, switching the theme a little bit, I, I guess this question is great for Dr. David. How has climate change affected your industry growth cycles, medicinal properties and, and varieties?
1: Wow. That's a, that's that's a very loaded question. <laughs> uh, in 10 words or less. <laughs> I, I, so in my opinion, climate change is real. I'll just say that right yeah. off the bat. Um, Numbers but are I, 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 I will say this yeah. is that, uh, One is, you have a big difference between indoor growing and outdoor growing, Uh, and that's just in general when it comes to cannabis. When it comes to hemp, though, I think it's going to be really uh, interesting when industrial hemp hits the United States really hard, and we're going to have these 200,000 square foot warehouses doing indoor hemp grows. And doing indoor industrial hemp, which is going to be used for rope, clothes, pellets, it's actually used for energy and to fuel. Plastics. Plastics. yeah, plastics, exactly. I mean, That's you're seeing houses in down south being made out of hemp bricks. Yeah, uh, hemp creek. But, but I will say is when it comes to outdoor growing in general, uh, for our for investors, they want to see companies that have uh, locations in multiple states. Mm-hmm. Um, a great example is we saw a lot of hemp farmers down in uh, Kentucky lose their entire farm due to the, uh, the tornadoes um we saw other uh hemp farmers lose their land due to some hurricanes and that's something where we have to tell people if you want to diversify and and uh, have peace of mind and and decrease your level of risk you want to invest in companies that have diversity that have multiple locations right. um you know or that have that backup and the one thing is uh what is nice is you do have insurance companies that are now starting to actually insure the crops Mm -hmm. And also for for CBD, um, they actually offer now what's what's called business interruption insurance. And business interruption insurance was actually very key in the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, Luckily, about 20% of our CBD clients already had that and paid for that. They joked around with us saying, why would we need this at all? And we kind of said, look what's going on over in China right now. Why don't you get it now? Pay the money because heaven forbid something happens and... So that's, so that's yeah. kind of what we're really seeing right now. And I think Chef Michelle can talk more about the, um, what's going on with uh, the produce. Because what's really yeah. interesting is talking to some of our clients are doing meal preps, and, including CBD, they're seeing issues right now in, in meat, corn, t- uh, potatoes. Right. Your
2: supply oats. chain is not okay. I'm yeah. telling you that right now. Supply chain is plenty. not okay.
3: No yeah, it, ago. And now it's going on with California and Oregon also with the wildfires. It's also right. decimated a lot of these farms yes. uh, like, so the, the interruption insurance is a, you know, is a great thing if they've, if they've done it. Um, also with climate change, we've seen the, um, the plants themselves. Uh, I mean, cannabis itself is, is, is a great um, adjuster. It's a great adapter. It's adapted over millions of years. Right. So um, it, it, it'll adapt uh, to whatever's going on in its own environment. Um, you're going to see, you know, percentages go down. You might see plumes more in, in, in the cannabis, um, that's, that's out there now and being grown just from all the, the, the pollutants that are in the air. Um, but, uh, with, with some States that, um, you want to look at with, with climate change in general, like California into Oregon. So you have the, the green triangle they call in California and with climate change, that's just moving up to Southern Oregon. So you're having all these other places now in Oregon that are becoming more ideal for the cannabis sector, even though they were Southern Oregon has some of the best cannabis in the, in the, in the world. Um, but now these couple of degrees and change in temperature and change in, um, in uh, moisture levels have really, uh, you know, have increased the amount of product they're able actually to, to produce. So, it, you know, you, you, you take the good and you take the bad. So if you, you know, some places are increasing because it is getting th- those couple of degrees warmer that are just needed uh, for this plant. So, it, there, there's always a lot of bad, but there can be a little good.
2: I would like to also say, I mean, Craig, are, are you going to see, do you think, sorry about this, guys, um, are you going to see cannabis itself, like, developing and adapting to change since it's such an adaptable plant? Are we going to see more varieties that are growing in a hotter, warmer climate?
3: I mean, I believe we already are, because people are, are growing them in every climate all over okay. the world. So wherever they're growing it, even if it's the same strain, you're growing, let's say in in Florida or, or let's say in in Kentucky, and you're, you're in Puerto Rico now. That that climate is completely different. So that right. plant's going to evolve differently, uh, right. you know, and just it's it's going to just grow differently, you know, compared to all its nutrients and and sun and moisture and and pollutants. And so each, even though it's it might be the same strain, it's going to grow differently and adapt to its own climate.
2: Right just like I think wine. it's going to be interesting to see like um you know what the different strains produce like if it if it changes the cbd if it changes the cbm if it changes you know I think it's going to be really interesting to watch that as a botanist that's got to be kind of fascinating
3: Yeah I mean it, it really is I mean and, and all this just different growth and, and the complete hybridization of this plant basically and and the, the the cross-pollinating and and we have all these different strains I mean we've lost maybe some of those main strains but we've gained so many others and um
2: well, the species that survives is the one that's most adaptable to change well,
3: so, people, we're, we're able to manipulate it so I mean that we that can too. really do a lot with <laughs> this plant
0: awesome so I, I guess this question is for you, uh, Dr. Craig. From a scientific standpoint, what um, what makes cannabis different than a pharmaceutical or over-the-counter remedy? And I know we kind of talked about opioids and alcoholism with Chef Michelle, and you know different kinds of ways to self-medicate and then properly medicate with a, a doctor, um, kind of looking over it. So, what is what is the difference?
3: Well, I mean, base. Uh, well, if you look at the basic. Um... So you have a plant, cannabis, which really has very, very few side effects. It's a whole plant. Um, You can extract out of it to get your particular THC and CBD levels, which is really done in the medical state like in New York. We have a a 20 to 1 ratio, a 1 to 1 ratio, and a, a 1 to 20 ratio. What those are is a 20 to 1. So there's 20 parts of thc for every one part of cbd then you have one part of thc for every one part of cbd then you have one part of thc for every 20 parts of thc okay. uh for cbd so you, you you can find your range and then you can go up with those so um pharmaceuticals in general are basically poison you know it's you're giving stuff out in micrograms uh a lot of times and if i gave it to you in a milligram as another dose of another medicine you could die um so it's The the side effects from pharmaceuticals, it's very finite, where we're we're, we're working in a a range. And anything above that range can really, really be detrimental to your health. Um, Whereas cannabis, um, anything really outside your range uh, might make you kind of uh, a little neurotic at first, and then really just go to sleep. So the the side effects from it are very minimal compared to pharmaceuticals. you can extract like we talked before like the, the distillate you can get your pure thc and you can then re-add your cbd to it and you can have a uh, precise dose or you can do the whole plant extraction where you would actually have to get a lab report to see exactly what's in that plant and that can vary from crop to crop and even plant to plant um, mm-hmm. depending on um, the time of year the if fires happen let's say in oregon uh, or California um, the, the temperature during that that time period so even that same crop for that same year can vary from year to year so whole plant um, extraction is a little less precise than the complete uh, distillation of particular cannabinoids but you're even if you're extracting whole plant you can get a lab report, you can see what you're putting into your body you would know what's what's really working for you and you can dose from there um, right. so you know there it's it's really the side effect profile and and um, just the, 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 the amount of, of, uh, you know, problems that can arise, uh, with the pharmaceutical compared to a cannabis, you know, you can have liver failure, kidney failure, you can have stomach blockage, you can have a heart attack, you can have a stroke, whereas with cannabis, it's, you know, the really, the only way it might kill you is if someone drops 2000 pounds. And, and from a Dr. Craig
1: it. also, is yes. it true that some strains of cannabis actually help decrease your appetite?
3: Yes. Yes. There is, you know, see, um, uh THCv right now is being widely studied especially with the diabetics uh to help them regulate their sugar levels um so it's still not a com- complete science yes, we're still doing a lot of research but there are some particular cannabinoids cannabinoids that have shown to to decrease appetite um we there was one on the market uh back in 2012 that was actually taking off it was on in Europe for appetite suppression but it was a cannabinoid blocker so it actually blocked the cannabinoid receptor and what that did is is made people psychotic and suicide in t- uh, tendencies so they actually had to pull it off the market because right. we realized that blocking a cannabinoid receptor is not good because we actually have these throughout our, our body where we, we evolved with cannabinoid receptors and so to block those would be like blocking your serotonin or your, your dopamine receptors or or so something you know, else that your body yeah. really needs
2: right well and and i mean when prohibition came um and i highly recommend anybody that's interested read the book smoke signals um, when prohibition came, you know, they stopped growing industrial hemp here, and we stopped feeding the byproduct to our pigs and our chickens, and our and our we stopped getting those cannabinoids in our milk, and we stopped getting it in our eggs and our dairy. And um, I seen, I think that's when we've seen um, an increase in in disease here in our country.
3: Yeah, there's really a whole have. study about about uh, endocannabinoid deficiency because of that, mm-hmm. because of all wild stock, because we were getting we weren't getting. Uh, a large amount, but we were getting micro doses of, of cannabinoids just right. enough to upset our body. That's all we right. really needed. And it was right. actually leveling us up. And there are studies with, with um, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, MS, a lot of these uh, musculoskeletal diseases. Um, they, they're trying to find some correlation between the the decrease in our, our wild stock and actually in our food products. So
0: Right. So interesting. I, I never yeah. thought of it. And I, I, think
2: that's why people, when they have CBD for the first time, they react to it the way they do. Like when Dr. Craig says, they sit in the room, and all of a sudden, it's this relaxing, you know, camaraderie. And and I think it's because you know their their system is finally getting something that it needs, that it doesn't have.
0: That's amazing. I mean, on, what I've taken is, is magnesium powder because I know we're all magnesium deficient, and it mm-hmm. helps calm me down when I'm feeling anxious. Um, the first time I took it, I knocked me out for nine hours and I, I think I took a little too much, but it's true. We're, we're deficient in a lot of different minerals and vitamins and it's yeah. not the foods that we eat in one way or another. Um, and they can be bad things, right? Like there can be too much arsenic in the red wine that you're drinking. Right. Right. So it, there's a balance in everything. Um, so thank you for explaining that Dr. Craig, super helpful.
3: Oh, I, I thank you.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to jump into the closing segment. Um, I, I hope you all prepared for this this question, prepared your answer for this question. Um, I ask everybody in a minute or less, if you can just tell me what your mission is. So Chef Michelle, what's your mission?
2: I want to see people be able to be 51 years old like me and say that I don't take any prescriptions every day. Um, I I want to see my friends stop dying and I want to see people be able to control what they put in their bodies and have a choice and a say that's not paid for and lobbied by an industry. I, I, I'm a born free American woman and I want to do what's best for me because I think they underestimate our intelligence and your consumer is more educated than we've ever been before because the information is out there. It's not hush hush. You're not like sitting in your mom's basement talking about weed, you know, like it's out there for us and we can be educated, but I think that we should be able to make that choice. I mean, I I agree that there should be regulations in place for testing and safety, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: but legality, I think that's up to us. And that's my mission. I want to see people be able to heal themselves.
0: Right. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Dr. David, what's your
1: mission? Uh, it's kind of an offshoot my, for my company. It's what the, the motto is, we help your company achieve greatness. But my personal motto is, you know, are you willing to achieve greatness? As a, a serial entrepreneur uh, and I've been very blessed to do work in over 30 different states in seven different countries. And here in the US, and depending where you are, we live in a very negative society where uh, people are always beating you down, you know, the glass is always half empty, never half full. And in general, we all have greatness within us. It's just, are you willing to achieve it? And everyone has their own level of greatness they want to achieve. Just you have to really stop, take a step back and say, are you willing to achieve it? And after a lot of very interesting, I'll leave it that way, business and personal experiences, uh, that model really kind of came to full fruition a couple of years ago. Are you willing to achieve your greatness? Because at the end of the day, you're your own boss. You make the final decisions on everything. Just, are you willing to achieve it? Cause we all have it within ourselves. Right. Just, are you willing to do it? And that's pretty much the biggest thing is if, if, if we can just make one positive, I can make one positive statement where, you know, you feel that, Hey, you know, I, I can achieve my greatness. I'm willing to do it. Then the mission's accomplished.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Dr. David. So Dr. Craig, best for last.
3: All right, it kind of goes with what Dr. David was saying It's basically to get everyone to at least try cannabinoids. And that's why I started Flower Power Coffee Company. I mean, they, most 80% of the population drinks coffee and they figured that was the easiest medium to get CBD into someone. Um, so if that would be their stepping stone to to see there there are other possibilities out there. There are um, other things that can be in their in their vitamin cabinet, their tool chest to use to, to help get them through every day and help them deal with life's, you know, everyday trials and tribulations life's not easy you know even the you know the, that person you look down the street has that beautiful car, the beautiful house and that you think the beautiful wife and kids everyone has problems and to give them something that they can utilize instead of a pharmaceutical or even if it is considered a pharmaceutical if it is cannabinoid to have them use it is basically my mission to, to get everyone to at least try and to realize there are there are alternates for everyone and and you don't need to be um, uh, looked at or belittled for trying to use a, a cannabinoid um, especially if, if it's going to help you um, so that's really it it's just you know getting everyone out there if it's even if it's uh, you know just the uh, small amount of CBD and even if you you know you are are reluctant to try it first I, I really think that people should try it just because I see on a day in and day out basis with my patients you know a lot of people can use you know some cannabis compared to some of the other medicines they're on and, and when I saw that about ten years ago, it's when I uh, got into the cannabis se- sector um you know pharmaceutically um, that that's what is what was one of the main reasons why is to to see them offset a lot of these pharmaceuticals with a cannabinoid so that's really you know that's my mission to have everyone at least try cannabinoids for some of their problems It's
0: great. All of your missions sound wonderful. And I thank you all for your time today, um, sharing all the answers to all the questions that I had and kind of a bit of your industry experience and over the past few decades. Um, so thank you all.
1: And Maka, real quick, what's your mission? yeah,
0: yeah. My mission is to have really interesting conversations with as many people as I can talk to about things that interest me. So it can be cbd related it can be makeup related it can be other health and wellness and self-care related um i don't really care as long as people have a passion and they want to talk to me that's my mission to talk to them great awesome so thanks well for helping me check my mission
3: You're excellent today thank you for having us tomorrow is another day yeah,
0: tomorrow just a reminder that all the thoughts opinions and expressions are exclusive to the person and not representative of any company brand or organization